Hey, this is your Aunties Could Never, a podcast where you get to hear from your favourite aunties who have all the real talk with our thoughts on what's going on in the world. We'll be reminiscing about what it was like back in our day. And most importantly, we'll be helping you sort out your daily dilemmas with advice only your coolest auntie will give. I'm Auntie AK. This is episode 15 of Your Aunties Could Never. And I'm here with Auntie Farah. Auntie Nana. And Auntie Sade. I mean, after a very... I kind of feel like I'm repeating myself after another kind of heavy week, a little bit lighter than last one. Um, what have you guys heard? What's in the news? I want to talk about the statue in Bristol of Edward Colston that came down, that was torn down by, you know, anti-racist protesters and stuff like that. And mainly the response from our Home Secretary, Preeti Patel. <laughs> so she came out and was like, this is outrageous. These people need to be found. These people need to be punished. This is vandalism. They need to do this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, woman, shut up and sit yourself down. Like, okay. thank you, protesters. What do you guys think? I mean, thank you, protesters. <laughs> as well. I agree. Pretty is like a mad one. Like, I don't... I saw a meme saying it was her and the two other Asian people, I can't remember their names, to be honest. So I'm trying to block them out of my mind. Just saying that they're the ones that would like, would sell their family out <laughs> for this cabinet. And these times now they're pure immigrant people, but yet they'll sell their family out for this. She is our, like, our Candace Owens, I guess, <laughs> in the UK. Yeah. She really is. I don't understand. And in her smug, I don't know. I don't have anything to say because I just don't appreciate her. I don't even know what anything that she's ever said that's positive, any plans that she's had. And they don't like her and she doesn't, and she's getting away with it. I don't get it. But she's also like a black, not a black, a brown pawn because when shit hits the fan, you know they'll drag her out and dump everything on exactly, her. Exactly, exactly. Pretty is like the, she has to align herself in every way possible to whiteness. Ooh. And so she'll sell us out at every moment to get closer to be like she's a white woman but you're firmly Asian, so you're never going to get there. So they always do the most to try and be like the biggest and baddest so then they can be in the club. But time and time again, I don't know why people don't see it, when the shit hits the fan, you're the first shit to get dashed out. It's like, Mm -hmm. you will be the shit that hits the fan. And you keep on, it's it's like, I don't understand why people don't get it. Like, you try and align yourself, you will sell your people out, They'll dash you and then you want to try and be like, oh my God, yeah, they were racist. And I saw this and I saw that. And it's just like, she, she infuriates me. But I also pity her because I can see like the lack of self-worth is so raging in her. All she can do is like rage out and continuously try and be like, put herself in victim mode, but in alignment with whiteness. It's, it's annoying. I think what she said and how she came across was completely tone deaf. I get that obviously someone who's a member of parliament, like they have to condemn it. Do you know what I mean? But there's a way that you can do it that's not, you know, making you come across as though you're defending, you know, someone who would have enslaved you. Because let's not forget, you you know, you are a person of colour. Asians were also enslaved by the British. I think there's many ways that she could have delivered that thought that she had without being so tone deaf. I'm just not impressed with her at all. Um, And I do think she is a token, unfortunately. And this is just another reason why we cannot keep using this this term, like, or putting black people into the 
bucket of people of color like we're not the same we're just not like we're different and we have our own individual needs and wants and that sort of thing and we just can't be tarnished with the same brush because we're not supporting that at all we're celebrating at the end of the day because we recognize and we're upfront with the fact that that person what he stood for affects us and she should be really and truly and people in her community should doing the same but because she's in the position she's not I mean the statue's coming down and I think there was another one that went down but it was yesterday done yeah basically I think that's great it's a step in the right direction but it's just a tiny step it's almost like a symbolic thing but what is that doing for my area what is that doing for black children like what what is that doing for us really it's definitely not enough she infuriates me and you're absolutely right when you say that as a politician she has to be careful with what she says but the mayor of bristol marvin Rees, is it he was on channel 4 news and he was careful with what he said he said i don't condone violence but there is a bit of poetic justice sadiq khan has uh commissioned a review of all the statues and streets that have ties to slave owners in london and he's saying that Mm. they want to remove them and i think that's a a great thing because in his um, press conference he basically said that can you imagine there's a black person walking around and we said this as well AK the other week you feel funny when you go to the city don't you because yeah. you're walking yeah. around and there's all these statues and it's like what does that say we're a multicultural society whether or not people like it or not you brought us here you made us a multicultural society so with that respect you have to understand that there are certain things that are going to affect us and I think in terms of what it's going to do for the children there's lots to do but I think not having figures of um, people that enslaved us or colonised us or did something to basically, you know, make us less than them is a start. It is a very small start, but it is a start. We shouldn't have to walk around and see images of people like that. It's not... I'm all for keeping stuff, you know, in the history books, but why does there need to be a statue of someone who, at the point of their death, had 526 slaves? And that was the one that came down yesterday outside the um, London Museum in the Docklands. So, yeah, I had Marvin Harrison on LBC, I think, or something uh, today or yesterday, um, talking about Winston Churchill. And basically people were saying, oh, you know, who's next? Do you know what I mean? Like, are we going to like eradicate or vilify Winston Churchill? because of his racist comments previously. And I think Marvin made a good point. It's just like, it's not necessarily about vilifying people, but it is about having an honest conversation. And I think Britain has done a very, very good job of wiping its actual history. That's why, you know, you do get people in the far right so angry and so ignorant because they're literally just uneducated. Like, if you're not from maybe a family that will educate you on your personal own history like where are you going to get that information from really do you know what I mean or where's the encouragement to get that information and that's just if you're black but say if you're white you wouldn't even think there's a need to learn more than you're learning in school because Mm -hmm. you're expecting the curriculum to tell you what your history is right or there's a reliance on the curriculum to do that so there's just this whole chapter and the whole kind of you know, British Empire and what that actually meant and not just the, yes, um, it has made Britain wealthy, but at what cost? And that, that is at the cost to us, like quite literally. I just think there just needs to be more honesty about it. And, you know, I think that these politicians need to really understand and really, I keep on saying, they need to read the room. 
because if they keep on coming down with this kind of rhetoric that they're coming with they're going to have more than a protest people are angry and they're that you know i think sadiq khan is wise to make that move um and it shows that he's doing something and he's taking action i think it's wise still don't think it's enough but um I think that can pander to people's ideas that something's being done in the hopes that there's going to be less of a uprising because that's what's kind of like we're, we're at that bubbling stage now that if they make a wrong move especially with this whole quarantine thing that people are you know they, they might just go nuts a little bit. It was interesting just about the um <laughs> when Boris Johnson issued his Black Lives Matter <laughs> video at first it was I mean it was in poor taste and just like I mean to all of us who can't stand his policy what he represents and who he is as a person it was a bit like how dare you even say the words Black Lives Matter coming out of your mouth of all people it just sounded horrible and lip service but even though okay so he made his important speech about Black Lives Matter and you know you're all very important people and then in the amongst that in calling us, you know, saying BAME communities are at the forefront of the struggle against coronavirus and all that type of stuff, acknowledging the fact that we are in the forefront and we've suffered the most along with the history that he's trying to, you know, maybe make better in his own special way. He then went on to then say, I will not support those who flout the rules on social distancing for the obvious, obvious reason that we risk a new infection at a critical time. So, <laughs> and then those adding in an extra warning saying those who attack public property or the police who injure the police officers who are trying to keep us all safe, those people will face the full force of the law. So how the dare you <laughs> issue Black Lives Matter supposed to be show solidarity and shove in a warning about damaging uh, public properties. That means you're condemning the people that took down those statues and not ignoring the fact, the irony that it's a Black Lives Matter message and you reason why these particular statutes came down, but you're also then accusing them of damaging public property. So middle finger to your message in that respect. <laughs> and also, instead of in your Black Lives Matter message, actually acknowledging the fact that systemic racism has oppressed people and this is why we're talking about it and actually even acknowledging Britain's part in it. I'm trying to get the quote here at the beginning. The death of George Floyd took place thousands of miles away in another country under another jurisdiction and yet we simply cannot ignore the depth of emotion that has been triggered by that spectacle of a black man losing his life at the hands of the police. Again, middle finger to that because you're really trying to really disassociate the UK from any type of wrongdoing and any type of part in these type of murders and um, racist behavior, thousands of miles away in another country. Then you have Pretty Patel co-signing this fuckery message actually, and <laughs> with her shit talking about also condemning people who are pulling down statues of her history as well, that oppress mm -hmm. her history. Mm -hmm. I'm, I was so disgusted with um, Johnson's message and so many people are. And yeah, I just wanted to quote him and talk shit about him, to be honest, because <laughs> I forget about him and forget about pretty, pretty. I, I mean, her name is so ironic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. I've seen this quote around on Instagram and various other places, but it is interesting when you think that when the people of Iraq pull down the Saddam Hussein statue, Western media praised it. They said, oh, that he, what he represented was tyranny and all of this stuff. And mm -hmm. now this is an act of independence. And when people pulled down the Berlin Wall, people praised it and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. But when we want to pull down figures of slavery and oppression, 
it's vandalism, it's violence. It's just the words that they use to associate with us all the time. And as for Boris Johnson, shut your fucking mouth because you didn't mind when you're telling people go back to work and all mm-hmm. this shit. Yeah, your country can build up. But when people want to march against stuff that, let's face it, shit happens here too. People are not just marching for George Floyd. It's what George Floyd represents globally. He represents globally the fucking piss that's continuously taken with black people. And that is why everyone is so angry about it. Sit down, shut up. Like, just, they can just all do one. It just does my head in. And you know what's like uh, hypocrisy is that, um, I didn't see him come out and do a speech when everyone was flocking to the beach the week no. before. Precisely. You know oh, okay. Where's the social distancing warning then? And you know it was, sorry to interrupt you, but that was even at a time when they hadn't even um, relaxed the, the rules a little bit. Exactly. That people were flocking to the beach. And it was all right because it was a sea of white people flocking to the beach. As soon as there's a sea of not, well, it's not even just black people. As soon as it's something to do with Black Lives Matter, then you want to stand up and talk about, oh, be safe, don't go out and protest. Like, shut up, sit down. Yeah. After you had corona, relax. Exactly. <laughs> out here infecting people. You know what I mean? <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> and he sanctioned the turning of the dial of the weather machine. So that's why I've been raging. <laughs> <laughs> For the past couple of weeks, we were um, out. I didn't march because I'm in support of all the marchers. But me as a black person, this in this time, I, I'm choosing not to march because I really want white folks to get out and do the legwork because I'm taking a break. Um, however, not really taking a break because you can never take a break being black. But um, we were out for other reasons on Saturday and the hailstones that attacked us from nowhere in June I believe, you know when you turn the hot water tap on too fast and it goes too much? <laughs> Weather dial, someone was like, come on, turn it up! And then they couldn't turn it down. And then all the hail, and all the rain came down in one fell sweep. They tried to get us off the grounds, kind of get us off the marches. Oh, the royal piss off to all of them. All of them. Just speaking about marches as well, it makes me laugh that the press have been making out like they've been so violent. They have not. Yeah. I went mm-hmm. to a march on Saturday. My cousin went to one on Sunday. I know various people that have been to marches and they encountered no violence. Like it's almost as though they are looking for these very tiny, tiny pockets of problems. And even the one with with the, where the police officer came off the horse, no one was throwing that at the police officers before that the police officer licked herself in a lamppost. And then the horse went running and trudging on people. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I've seen, you've seen the footage out there. And then again, almost like in, in true, Karen-ish formed, people are just concerned about the horse. Oh, it's, it's people are throwing things at the horse. I know you want to march, but leave the poor horses alone. Shut up. Shut up. Seriously, shut up. The horses are all right. Why? And the thing is, if they're so concerned, why are they getting at the police? Sorry. <laughs> because they should be cussing the police for actually bringing the horses to the protest exactly. in the bloody first place. Okay, then. Exactly. Look at that. We're overseers on their horses. Exactly. That's what that is. So, in UK news, basically, uh, the UK has stricken up a deal with the US, some new trade deals, uh, I'm sure, because in light of um, probably having a no deal with the EU. But the deal isn't really great for the UK because we've agreed to take faulty meat. So, meat that actually doesn't go in line with our regulations at the moment because they use a lot of chlorine coming from the UK. 
they have passed the law to reduce our standards of meat in order to do this deal with the US. So we are now going to be receiving meat that is of a lesser quality to what we've been used to. Similar to the meat that has most of America on pharmaceuticals, this is what we will have over here now, full of hormones, bleach, and all other matter of stuff. This is gonna be dawn in our shelves. I think by the end of the year, we're gonna have this substandard meat and that will be a standard in our supermarkets. Let us discuss. So this is obviously one of the deals that Tiger King has made. Post <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they, were, they were enjoying past meat, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he was, at the ta- he was at the table. Yeah, I've heard about this ongoing because um, I heard of it from the EU perspective and I heard listening, knowing so much what goes on in America, seeing that discussion about the um, imperfect meat or the less than standard meat that they have. I don't even know what much to say except, well, thank you for helping me get closer and closer to being a vegan goddess because (laughs) what the fuck. Um, But it is really bad for the people who cannot afford to go to Whole Foods and get some organic, you know, freshly grazed, fresh cut meat. I I don't know. We're trying to fight a big, massive virus that attacks yes maybe we can't control it but at least a healthier body would give us more tools to better it battle it so now you're going to make people even more susceptible to all the nastiness that's out there i don't understand why obviously it's money but why do you want a nation of sick people like in general like to the leaders who are in control of the thing why do you actually want us sicker because at the end of the day yes you want to keep us dumb glue to us tvs but to what end to the people running the world, why do you actually want your subjects to be sick and stupid? Because an enlightened population and a healthy population only makes the world that you live in better. So I just don't understand why this, this thing that goes through society and the films, that we, everything from the films that we watch, all the stuff that we do, everything's about these evil warlord leaders that are just so power hungry that they're just happy to have their little bubble of friends happy and everyone else sick. It doesn't, that's the part that doesn't make any sense. So it went on a tangent, but I just don't understand why this is even happening. What, money, is money really, is that what it is? Really money, really? It's, so, it's part of social control. If we want to go deep, it's part to keep people, the masses down and, can, and just keep them in their place, so to speak. I agree with you that it's just ramped out, basically. Like my plan was to be like a, my overall plan is to be a natural sugar vegan. That's what, that's my goal kind of thing because sugar is basically crack and it's my weakness. Um, so, but I've given myself two years. That You've just wrapped it right up. That's all. <laughs> you truly, because there's no way I'm trusting like American food. I'm sorry, like it's so artificial, so flavorless. Nothing really feels real. So then we're thinking that we're going to be eating that. Nah, 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 nah. We're not even used to that. Do you know what I mean? I think our standard of food our standard of meat is pretty decent in the EU in general. I just, nah, I can't do it. I actually really can't do it. And it's supposed to be chicken as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, with. yeah exactly. That's what I was going <laughs> to say. I thought I was all right because I don't eat red meat, but I eat mostly fish anyway. So it's just going to be a case of that's all I can eat. I remember when I was in America and I was living over there, it was like I went to the supermarket and to get even wholemeal bread it's just laced with sugar 
and yeah. everything is just so mm. artificial. And that's why people, they have such an obesity problem over there because there's sugar in everything. There's additives in everything. There's nothing really natural unless you go to a proper natural supermarket. And, in, and the reasons why they're doing it, I think it's a case of, like you all said, it's about control, isn't it? And also everyone's living a bit longer. It's not financially beneficial to them. It goes back to what we were saying about maybe they, they're killing off pensioners for a reason. They don't want us healthy. They want us to be able to work like slaves and work a bees whilst we're young. And then they want us dead. So the yeah. next batch can come on and do it. And they're not eating that meat. It's like the slave owners when they used to eat good meat and they used to give the slaves like chicken foot and shit like that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just that all over again. Because you know Boris Johnson isn't going to be eating any meat that's laced with all these things that have come from America. He's going to mm-hmm. be having his, his freshly farmed British steak. That's what he's going to be having. Everyone just needs to head towards either vegetarian or veganism, I reckon. But Vegan's even, hard. I like fish. But even that, just as, as on a damn side note, when I was little, I used to eat white grapefruits all the time. And in the 80s, when these, you know, things were fresher and more real, I used to put a layer of sugar on top of my um, white grapefruit, put it under the old school grills and get like a crispy topping of sugar and then eat my grapefruit mad but unhealthy healthy breakfast or whatever but then grapefruit always had a very bitter taste then whatever year they introduced pink grapefruits love them they were a bit more easier to eat you didn't need to add sugar so i used to eat loads of pink grapefruits and i've always eaten pink grapefruits and avoided white ones i don't like red ones because i feel like there's the, the 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 what do we call it the segments the bits there's a word for it anyway the bits um are a bit weird and dry so i never really liked red grapefruit the other day they had no um pink my the local supermarket had no pink grapefruit no red grapefruits and i really wanted grapefruits so i bought white grapefruits reluctantly so i bought a few just to see what it was like i ate it it's, it tastes exactly like a pink grapefruit and i know as a avid grapefruit eater when i was younger white grapefruits always had a bitter aftertaste they were very bitter i loved them this but they had lashings of sugar because they were so hard they had that bitterness why do now today white grapefruits taste like pink grapefruits so now i don't need to buy pink grapefruits anymore so this whole remixing we've got new fruits mm. springing up they're, yeah. they're, they're doing all this cross-pollination and hormone messing about with fruits as well so we're going to be everything even natural food is or so-called natural food is going to be tampered with so we're not even safe when we're vegetarians because Maybe we'll get less of those thingies and chemicals, but then, yeah, all the pesticides and stuff that they use. It's going to be yeah. impossible to avoid, even as a vegetarian. I, again, I go back to, yes, population control, but to what end? It's weird because, like, to what end? Even politicians who are out there campaigning, is that what you like? Do you like watching your people? <laughs> I mean, I don't understand because every day you've got to come to work and answer to shit. You get people gunning you. Boris Johnson looks wild on screen. He looks absolutely <laughs> insane. He looks like a, t- a turnip that's rotting. And his hair is everywhere. His hair is everywhere. Your oh, face wow. is splodged. But yet, this is the life you want to live. And you're feeding into the thing, let's keep the people fuckery and sick and ill. And yet, I'm going to have to keep coming to the front and arguing my position. That's stressful. If everybody's happy, you can, you know, get a tan, comb your hair, relax. <laughs> Look after your, or ignore all your 24 of your kids and do whatever you want to do in peace. But yet, you're for, I don't understand. It's no logic to it. Why do you want the society to be fucked? Why? I don't, it's just so dumb. Yeah, yeah, living longer. I get it. And then people aren't dying. So then, but even that, then they can work longer if they're healthier. I just, I, these people don't care. Like, they're, they're all right coming out every now and again and chatting shit. 
you know, and getting paid mad money and having expenses and stuff like that. We just got to grow our own and that's annoying and tedious and boring, but I know a few people and that's what they do. And at least they know what's happening with that shit. But oh, the idea of it, I must say, is like, it just fills me with dread, but we just got to grow our own. Because the thing about grapefruit is though, in Grenada, my grand's got like a grapefruit tree at the back of her property and stuff like that. And I tell you this, them grapefruits are sweet though. So I don't know if maybe they're supposed to be sweet and then they made them bitter. I don't know. But I just know that over there back home, they're sweet and they're, they're bigger. They taste good. So who knows? But we just got to grow our own or just go to someone that you know is growing their own and get shit off them. Um, That's what I'll be doing because I can't grow shit. We have allotments which are like a 15 minute walk away from my flat. And the thought of trying to fit an allotment life into my daily schedule. I, I mean, if we lived in the countryside, sure, I definitely would have. Because actually, to be fair, when I lived in Tudor Junction, in my house flat, because it was, you know, it was like a flat with stairs or whatever, um, we had a garden and we grew corn, runner beans, tomatoes, strawberries. We had, we had an apple tree. It was like normal, but life has changed. It's like, I don't know, maybe some people that, maybe some of our listeners might have functioning gardens that are growing stuff and it has never, it's never changed, um, even living in such urban dwellings. So maybe that's um, not so strange. But I remember growing up in the 80s, we grew bare things and we used to eat from our garden. But yeah. I, I'm, I've got a little teeny tiny balcony. I, I'm not, I know, I'm not, I'm, it's a lie. It's a myth. I'm going to put on welly boots and go down to an allotment. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. But yeah, I mean, there's things like farmer's markets and stuff like that. It's just we're so used to convenience. Again, the dumbing down of our accessibility to things and stuff like that. And the need to fulfill the need that we need things to be quick. That's why we go to the supermarket rather than going to find it. Because we had, sorry, also we had a green grocer just down the road. And the other day I was like, oh, we, we need vegetables and stuff. And it has to go all the way to a supermarket. There are barely any green grocers anymore. We used to have a really yeah. nice one down the road. We've got another one that's organic, but the price is high. So it's like when there's enough money, then you can go there. No, I, I really think we do have to move into that space of growing our own and they're pushing us there but we don't want to be in a place where you know it's kind of like apocalypse ground zero and then it's like oh we saw this coming we had 15 years to get our shit together and now look mm-hmm. we're destitute it is like actually now little by little whichever space you have I mean there's lots of herbs potatoes tomatoes that you can actually just grow in your house Mm-hmm. But they're just being more self-sufficient. I think the leadership is showing us that we have to do this. We we can't rely on these guys at all. I don't know why they want to kill us. I haven't. I, I don't even think that's the agenda. I don't even think they want to kill us. But there's something in the fear of we don't know what they are after that is also keeping us in this loop of mind control and. To step out of it is like, I'm not going to be a part of it and I'm going to go my own way. We just have to grow our own food as a beginning point and head for the mountains, apparently. Um, okay. I mean, in the mountains, there were bears. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, when the sea level rises, you need to be on higher ground. Precisely. Yeah. 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 I, I do know drop, this drop, Dropping them, like, we need to head to the mountains. One day you'll feel that calling. Hey, I need to go to the mountain. And yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll be going to Grenada. My grand is right behind the mountain. Let me go there. There we go. 
Okay, I'll go yeah. to Cocorigia in Ghana, but please, altitude sickness and bears, stay away from me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know if you guys have seen this post going around, um, but it's of some black-owned hair companies. Uh, which ones are black owned and which ones are not black owned? Oh, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, which it kind of got a lot of traffic, you know, lots of people were talking about it and stuff. I guess my question to you guys is because I feel like we know why it matters if a, if a brand is black owned because we're black women, we know the impact and stuff. But for hair care, does this actually matter to you personally? Yes, I will okay. say I felt very smug when that list came out because I was like, Ooh, oh, <laughs> shit, I use this black owned. I was like, yeah. Um, I think, do you know what? It goes back to what we said about um, when you go to black hair shops and you've got mm-hmm. non-black people saying to you, oh, yeah, 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 use this product. It's really great. Do you know or does it sell a lot? Is that why you're telling me to use it? So I suppose... Mm-hmm. If we are trying to keep the black pound within our own communities, because I watched, side note, I watched um, Killer Mike's Netflix thing the other day when he was trying yeah. to keep black dollar black. And he said that in America, the Asian dollar stays within the community for 28 days, the Jewish dollar for 23 days, the Caucasian dollar for like 22 days or something like that. And he said the black dollar stays in the community for six hours. Yeah. Six hours. So I was like, no, man, but there's things that we can do to change that. So I'm fully embracing all of this education that's going out there in terms of what's black owned and what's not black owned. And even if it's a case of you try to spend your pound one day a week with a black owned company, I think will really help. And if you know that hair products are owned by black people and by white people, hair products are so vast and the range is so vast of what they can do try something else. No, like, oh, I'm going to buy this butter from Millet. I'm going to buy this butter from Cher Moistro. I'm going to buy this butter from something other than African Pride, which Liberties is not even owned by African man. Like, how dare you? Mm. How dare you call yourself African Pride? Are you black? No, you're not. So it's just like little things like that. It's it's like Uncle Ben's. You know, there was no Uncle Ben. Side note, I'm going off track. But there was no Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben was just a man that they put on the box because they knew that black people like rice. Like, come on now. We've got to try and be a little bit more smart about things. And if you have the knowledge, why not change is what I think. So I had not used any products from a black owned business, but I thought I was. How, how did that make you feel? <laughs> I felt really bad and let down by myself. There was a lot of shame. I did a bit of tap in on myself. And um, <laughs> what I can say is I've, all of the stuff that I have currently in the house from a black owned business who sells these things online ah, so that's good though at least my money was going into their business and they were buying products from yeah is how I am relieving my shame I'm passing it on to somebody <laughs> else <laughs> but that list was helpful to me it really was because now and some of them it's like I even know the owners of these products and shamefully it's like yeah I should just be buying directly from these sites and I will do so it's yeah it's not just about supporting a black business in that sense I think we do have to go all the way in in this and really be like where is the end pound going but actually really going grassroots finding makers and supporting them and I will 
definitely be doing that with all hair products. I don't use a lot of hair products anyway in my hair, but I definitely will do that going forward. So it was helpful. It was also illuminating to, like Auntie Farah said, African pride and all of the various forms of Jamaican castor oil and stuff mm. like that. That is mm-hmm. not even Jamaican and Asian owned. And it's like, no, you guys, like you, you have even the typography that would suggest this was synonymous with blackness. Like you're mm-hmm. using all of these things that are ours and making lots of money from us. And really we think this is going back to us. Like this is because it's serving such a cultural niche. You would think that this was really like a black business. I don't know any black people who are selling Asian cultural products to Asian people that are targeted. I don't know of a company that's doing that. And it just felt really vulture-like that there were so many businesses, that the the list was so dominant on the non-Black-owned products that are on the shelves in a Black hair shop that is generally owned by Asian people. Just the list of it, it shows the scale of white supremacy. All of the products that we use, you could see the rolling down scale of it, like it was white people, Asian people. Then it's like grassroots black brands. Like it's still the same pecking order. It's actually just disgusting the many ways that this filters through and we're all quite complicit and compliant to it. But this moment in time is just illuminating like no more. We don't have to, we don't have to frequent these shops. We don't have to use these products. They need us more than we need them. And now it really is about actually withdrawing. We don't have to do a whole big boycott. It's just being conscious of where you're shopping. I'm such a random when it comes to um, products, but I definitely have white, black products in my, in my um, hair box and got to do make a conscious effort to buy specifically black. And I think it's the convenience. It's a whole thing like we're talking about convenience of food, cheapness, affordability. The ones that dominate the market, they have the, they have the money to do mass marketing and mass product um, mass product in, if that's a word, and they can flood the shelves of their stuff and make semi-affordable prices. But even what's worse are the bigger brands that are charging, you know, £30 for a little conditioner and they're not even black-owned, even they're not black-owned. And yet yeah. they, it's, you know, I, I saw lots of um, <laughs> people with all the memes, like in shame, like there was one with Aretha Franklin with her back all the way turned. And, <laughs> and, and said, can you leave me? I'm having, I'll leave me. I just feel some type of way about my Cantu products in the kitchen. But just, <laughs> I, the whole, I don't know what Aretha was, I think Aretha was doing, rest her soul, in that picture, but her back was all the way turned to the camera. It's just like when a kid feels so much shame, they can't even look at you. So lots of people are like looking at their um, selves, <laughs> looking at their, their product box and thinking, oh, shit. Um, and it's funny that we didn't even realize, because I, I, even you saying African pride is not black owned, I don't feel like I'm surprised. I don't, even though we, we've literally just let it wash over us. Yeah. Like, you know, finding out when certain people found, finding out that Supermalt isn't black. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, oh, yeah, no, how, I do, know how that. do people I, feel that, about that, though? Yeah, because tell me again. But people yeah, riding that. hard for Supermalt. I think, I think there's certain people in this. In this call that will write hey, 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 let me just tell you something. I just write hard for malt, yeah, be it super, be it mighty, it's just malt, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to think that my ancestors were telling me from the time. That, that one. All okay. right, Miss Cantu. <laughs> 
this is it, isn't it? We can't even throw stones because we we were all going to get pelt in our head. We will, we will. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, even, but then what is the bitch is like Nana said, the typography and the way, like even if like the black, Jamaican black castor oil, I didn't see if that was on the list as white owned or black owned, it may even made the list. But even with the roots and the little black man that with the dreads coming out, that could also be borderline minstrelsy and coonery and fucking racism. Why yeah. you get a caricature of a black dread man now and all the colors that you use, like the, the red, golds and greens that they put on their things and African pride using Kenta, all that stuff. That's it, yeah. All that is actually so devious and so i mean yes, it's marketing because they will be like hey we're going to do this thing and it's a cool urban thing let's get a guy doing basketball and all those we know the things of advertising is dirty devil's work obviously they tap into yourself we're real advertisers this analysis they do on the person that they're selling to mm-hmm. is beyond what we can even think about so i understand it but it's just when you feel when you know that it's so blatantly you're on the receiving end of such targeted marketing just to make because, I mean, you guys, are just to bring up the people that called out packs on their Instagram page with their Black Lives Matter. And I saw on the comments that obviously there was a, you know, back and forth, who was defending who, blah, blah, blah. There was an Asian guy, he was, that was his, in his image anyway. He was like, you know, PAX does so much work for the community. And I'm just like, you're all catering for your business associates and you're coming together to defend packs, but you're not even, you know you don't give a fuck about the black women that are giving you making up millions. You don't. So all this caping for, I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to do better. I'm not very good at online shopping, so I have to adjust, but I will adjust because, nah, can't be doing this. You, you know, like, the biggest part of, like, um, products in that way, hair products, is the distribution. And the shops are there. So there actually is a vast distribution network for that we should know at least 20 British millionaires with with a, a hair product line we should know them but the fact that we don't this is because they're all selling for each other it's like the asian network you can't even really enter into that hair space because they own so much of the wholesale markets and they put the prices up when a black person goes in there but then also the fact that your patrons are black and there are people that are making these products and you put them on shelves in the back of the store and then you want to try and be like no we don't it's like you do we all frequent them and we know this is what you're doing because we don't have the millionaires to back up the thing that you're helping them but there are lots of millionaires who are not black who are selling black products Mm. and that's the that's the crux of it but you know their time is up anyway i think their time is up and i'm quite happy about that to be honest because I think they've been coasting for a very long time I don't really agree in terms of like necessarily that we're bombarded with marketing I just think it's just that it's out of necessity right mm. they're the only places that provide the items that we need the reason why they're making so much money is because they're cheap about it it's not necessarily the best quality products it's not best packaging anything like that do you know what I mean hardly any marketing is done there's no ad spend either do you know what I mean? You're just going because you know that people need these products. And what you've done is dominated the market. And you've n- manipulated the situation. And the reason why I just don't have any love for any of these companies, in particular PAX, is because they don't give back. No. If they gave back, we would know. And like for the time I've been doing hair, I've been doing hair since I was, what, 13 years old. Do you know what I mean? I've been platting, so I've needed 
grease and hair and combs and all that kind of stuff and I've gone into those shops and I, I, I've never I've worked in the hair industry I used to work for Sleek at one point or I had them as a client at one point packs if they've done something it's not enough that has actually affected our community we would know there would be programs their names would be not just associated with bad customer service it's just robbery <laughs> it's just actually robbery and I'm very 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 happy that their reign is over and like COVID-19 has actually helped us in that sense kind of thing because people are forced to shop online and really truly packs the idiots because they're so cheap that they haven't even updated their website since they first created it it looked like yeah. so that whole user experience is it's not great people are looking for alternatives and there's so many different companies and um, black owned companies a lot of black women are you know opening those um, online stores and creating products like afrocentrics that kind of things like very top quality products as we said with the whole food thing products are especially in the UK, to get a product to market, the standard is so high. So you know you're getting good quality. I think for me, when I looked at the list, I was quite happy to see Shoe and Moisture on the right side of the list. But <laughs> then, digged a little deeper, they're actually owned by L'Oreal. <laughs> but but the majority share is black yes. owners. Yes. Okay. So you've got to appreciate no, no, no. that shit. She's still the CEO and she's still driving the company. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is owned by L'Oreal. So I think actually... I. That was just like, I was just like, mm, does this bother me? I really sat down and thought about it. And I think you need both, right? Or even all three. So you need like the big companies, you need the middle and you need the grassroots as well. But as black women, it's just kind of, it's just insane that we've gone from CJ Walker, who dominated in her time, to being mm. here where it's like, wow, not one. <laughs> not one that's insane to me what I also thought was funny was when people or I saw comments where people were like oh no one mentioned wigs or weaves because people lose their minds <laughs> 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 and I was just like yeah <laughs> let's not have that conversation please right now I don't want to know um but I'm really happy that we're in a moment at the um right now where people not just black people but black people are celebrating each other and buying from black businesses and doing the research and this information is being put out there and there's like this transparency it's almost like this there's a truth that is you know yeah. like surfacing and stuff and it's just a, a wonderful wonderful thing because i think people do care about these things but they just yeah. hadn't known previously I, i'm just gonna second your thoughts about what covid's done for people because I will say that being in quarantine has forced me to look online and I've bought a lot of products from black owned um, companies now. So I've been, I've used black superstore and they are owned by two black people, like a, a husband and wife, I think it is. And they've got like the same products that you would buy from packs to where else, where, wherever else, as well as other products as well. So mm -hmm. it's just looking at alternatives and knowing that just trying to be a bit more conscious it is going to be difficult, but, there are ways around it. So, and again, I'm just glad for all the information because a lot of times it's, it is the time that you've got to go and do these things. You don't necessarily have that time to do your research. So the fact that everyone's putting this stuff out there and you're able to look at it and maybe not have to trawl through internet pages and all of that stuff to get your information. I think that's, that's a great thing. And not just with yeah. black hair products, but with um, black books as well. Your company, Shade, put out something yesterday about, types of books oh, yeah. to read and yeah. I was just like amazing because I don't have the time to go and like research it but there's stuff that you put out there I'm like okay great I'm gonna go and get those books now and try to get my read on so Terry Crews is back in the news again 
I know, I, and I feel like I should have just lumped it in with the Pretty Patel conversation, to be fair, because we've got these people that, again, and we've really covered it, and we have celebrities that feel compelled to speak because everyone's compelling them to speak. But I think I was listening to, I can't remember what I was listening to, possibly The Read, and I think Crystal lockwood Fury was saying that though people are compelling you to speak, the honourable thing would be to say, for some of those who feel like they don't really know what to say, say. I don't really know what to say. I'm not informed enough to speak. So I'm just going to sit this one out and support where I can. Maybe that's find some words that don't mean that you end up saying something that we end up criticizing you for because Terry Crews has said that leaving white people out of conversations about race can create black supremacy. I mean, <sighs> Terry, why? <laughs> I mean, he's already, he already had issues of like how he, you know, I actually really hate the phrase throwing people under the bus. I just don't know why it really irritates me. However, he threw Gabrielle Union under the bus when she called out uh, CBS for their questionable behavior to when she was working on a show. Can't remember it. Sorry. America's Got Talent. America's Got Talent. When she was working on America's Got Talent. So yeah, people um, cussed him for not supporting her and saying some things like, yeah, no, I'm fine. It, was, it wasn't all bad for me. So kind of throwing shade on what she was saying. And he's already been told, just shush. Basically, the whole quote is, defeating white supremacy without white people creates black supremacy. Equality is the truth. Like it or not, we are all in this together. Now, yes, we are all in this together. And yes, we do need to have conversations with certain white folks to progress the conversation forward. But not having white people in a discussion does not create black supremacy. Do you know how much needs to change before black supremacy comes <laughs> to town and really takes hold? So... My question is, how do we solve a problem like Maria Terry Cruz? <laughs> ah, okay. So Amanda Seals made a little statement. I don't know if it was necessarily aimed at him, but I back it. She said, coons are Negroes who choose white approval over black advancement. And Precisely. that is what I've got to say about Terry Cruz. Now, mm -hmm. the thing is, what we all know as black women is that black women are more tread upon than even black men. We really are less respected than black men in the wider world out there. And yeah, so with Terry Crews, I feel like he's in a position of advantage at the moment. You know, he's on a very, very popular television show. He's been in very, very successful films and he's, you know, doing well on America's Got Talent. He just needs to be quiet and understand that your experience isn't necessarily the experience of everybody else. And you just need to appreciate other people's opinions. To get to black supremacy, fucking hell, like half the world would need to die for us to get there. It's just, it's, we can't even like have supremacy within the country in, in our own continent. It's just outrageous. He really needs to step away from the steroids for a hot minute and just relax, like calm down in it. This is not white chicks. Relax yourself. So I think he is just another example of problematic black men with platforms. Oh, yeah. Um, he's kind of like John Barnes. Just, just shut up. Just shut the hell up. He's a clown. Like, I have no respect for him whatsoever. I don't even think I can even watch. I quite like that show that he's in. Yeah, it's quite funny. I don't think I could watch that again because he's actually just such a clown. I just don't understand 
and maybe it's just like an ego thing just don't say anything because the thing is as well like you've already been in trouble right do you know what I mean you've already been in trouble for saying something so what makes you think that now a couple of weeks later a couple of months later now now you you're full of wisdom now how, how no just shut up man you see the thing with Terry Crews why I don't find him that annoying is he's shown himself repeatedly so to me he is like Preeti Patel we should more expect him to sell out a black person for white approval. That should be expected. I expect him to say something like this because on all levels, it makes no sense. It's so stupid. I believe somebody gave him that tweet to tweet. And because he's so fit and wants to be ingratiated with white folks, he will put that out. It doesn't even make sense. Continuously, Black people are always saying we need white people to be talking about white supremacy to dismantle it because mm. they are upholding it. So this statement don't even make sense. It's not even like in contradiction to it. It's just stupid. It's such folly. Of course he's going to say it because he's a fool. But he's okay to be the black clown as long as Master is throwing him some flipping nuts to chew on. And most definitely... His wife, she seems quite sane, but you have to also be insane to be with this man who's leading your family that you've had so many children with. So all of them have to be fools. I just feel sorry for their children. The guy's an, he's a, he's a prick. We shouldn't even be discussing him. He's such a prick. Like, he's a, he's a no mark. I think his wife, when he spoke out about Gabrielle, I think she did say, baby, shush. And he didn't. And he continued. So there's an arrogance of him. That needs to be checked as well. Yeah, you can't really avoid him. I don't know what Kanye's up to. Maybe he's getting in touch with his true self. We do need to actually ignore them, but they have such big voices and such make big noise. I think people actually just take the piss out of Terry just now for fun because they're just like, oh God, here he comes again. I, I picked up on the news story, but I, I'm not bothered by him because I think he's an idiot now. At this point, you're just stupid. Because mm. you, you, as you said, Nana, he has shown his entire dumb ass because black supremacy, okay. I mean, yes. We could have black supremacy, maybe in a black country, in that microcosm of a black country, in a bubble, black supremacy, kind of, but global black supremacy. That's not kind of, mate. It doesn't exist. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. Maybe, but not. I mean, again. I honestly wholeheartedly believe if there was such a thing as black supremacy, it would actually be for the betterment of humanity. Right. Honestly. It would be. I agree. Because black and white are poles, yeah? <laughs> and we know what white supremacy is. Can we have the pole that is black supremacy mm. and see what that is? Mm. I believe that there wouldn't be the destruction. We wouldn't be rampantly going into other people's countries and colonialising them and leaving a mess and being like, look at the mess you left. Like, that wouldn't happen. So maybe black supremacy actually would be the enlightenment that the world needs as a pole to white. With black people, when we change laws and change things, it's for the betterment of everybody. That's just what we've done historically. If there was no civil rights, there wouldn't have been no gay rights. Like, exactly. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, like one become, comes before the other. So I just think maybe that's why. Because they know there'll just be a, just a giant shift. So, but this is the thing, like historically, we've shown that we are for everybody. That's how mm-hmm. they got us. Yeah. Because... They came and we were like, hey, welcome! Hi, how are you? <laughs> and then they took us. So historically, you know, 
I, I, I do believe it would be a lot more equal. But I'm not even I'm not even preaching for that. Let's just just be fucking equal. I'm not even saying like let's take over and run things. Yeah, no one's. That's the thing. That I, I was just going to talk about. Um, Doctor Shola was on GMB with flipping Nigel Farage. That oh god, yeah, penis of a man, and, and like he was saying that um, the Black Power movement is the same as the Taliban. That was his statement. And she shushed him so quickly and so eloquently. Mm. It, it was just brilliant. But it's just people like that and how they associate when we're trying to fight for our rights. The words that they use to put us down and to make it seem like we're overreacting. I saw someone post this. I can't remember who it was. But it's just that we don't want revenge, you know? We just want equality. That's it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And people need to be happy and lucky for that. Do you know what I mean? Just relax. We don't even want revenge. Because if we wanted revenge, bruv, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> it's over. It's over, but it's not even that. And maybe that's social conditioning, to be honest. But it's not even that. We're not even on that. We're not even on that. And then the other, I saw a, um, a sketch that Shay, can't remember what his surname is, a comedian did as well. It's been, it's been floating around in the last few days. And he was saying, we're just saying Black Lives Matter. Like, yes, <laughs> matter, you know, matter. What's wrong with that? They just matter, not more, not less, just matter. Exactly. And you're coming for us, like, seriously. It's so crazy, but that's the mind control of it. If you're under an illusion that you're better than, it filters through in every single way. And actually, that's the discussion. That's what white people mm. just need to be sitting down and discussing. Why do we think that we're better than anybody? It's a like, myth. Really, what have we done that has been better than anybody other mm-hmm. than Whoa. our ability to be able to destroy countries? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that was a better move for anybody. That's just destructive because you destroy mm-hmm. yourself as well. But that's the discussion. Their, their insecurities is what's projected. And that's why they act so damn reckless. The, the wider... Mm-hmm white folks that uphold white supremacy. It's a, yeah, it's a, just a projection of their insecurities. And what black people like Terry Crews need to ask themselves is why do they think white folks are so important? I mean, now's the time to understand, we should all understand as black folks that we know better. We, we've experienced some really dumb fuckery shit from these people. So we know that they're not actually that perfect. So I, I, for all the Terry Crews and the, and the Candices and all those type of people who really, think that white people have got it so co- perfectly correct and we should aspire to be like them and tone down our blackness whether it's those people that look down on ghetto behavior as they call it or tell us to pull up our pants and wear suits and not wear whatever the fuck we want and pull our hoodies down now's not the time to really still believe in that model that yeah. we've been brainwashed under yeah, now's yeah. the time to start thinking actually first of all why is it they want to hold us back so much what the fuck is in our pockets that they want because there's we've got our secret special black sauce that they can't get the recipe to and then also why yeah why are they going so gung-ho and trying to keep us down and why do why they lie to us what are they actually hiding or what is it that they're pretending about themselves their insecurities now it's time to exploit their insecurities which i think is happening now start to expose and exploit the insecurities the people that are holding us back and start trying to aspire to be them but i was going to say in regards to the whole thing about if we had a black renaissance now and a black supremacy, I wouldn't even trust the people we have because of all the brainwashing. Um, the people mm-hmm. have, it would be literally a bunch of black leaders emulating the white massa oppressor. So 
we'd have to have to go for another couple hundred years of cleanse <laughs> before we get, if we were talking about black supremacy in its purest form, before you were touched by the colonizers and the enslavers, that black person in power might be cool. But the person right now, I'm a bit scared, even myself, I'm touched. So I don't even know what kind of leader I would be. There's <laughs> you a lot of I'd have to go through before even I can trust myself in, with all the shit that's come to us. But you know what it is? I think of it like being um, an alcoholic, a recovering alcoholic. That's what we all are really until you go into recovery. So at the moment, we're all touched by uh, and um, in the, the clutches of white supremacy and addicted to it. And you have to go through the, the mires of actually clearing yourself and really understanding that I'm a, I'm a recovering white supremacist. Supremist, like we all are, because we've all been touched by it. Especially if you've gone through our schooling system you absolutely have been indoctrinated. If you've been watching TV, you've been indoctrinated. If you've been listening to music, you've been indoctrinated. We all have. And the awakening, I think that's the quickening. The quicker we awaken, I don't think it needs to take 200 years. I really do believe we could rid ourselves of this in five years. Hey, I'm Auntie Nana. You're listening to Your Aunties Could Never. Now it's time for aunties to fix your life with aunties know best okay dear aunties i really like your show i hope you can help because i don't know what to do i'm in lockdown with my dad and my stepmother who i love dearly everything was fine until the other day when i saw a message on my stepmother's phone that was from another man it was clear from the message that she's having an affair i'm really angry and confused and conflicted i really look up to my stepmother and of course, I love my dad, but I don't know what to do. If I reveal this information, it will break our family apart. And what makes it even worse is that recently they announced that they're pregnant. Now, I don't know how to feel about it. Can you help? Um, <laughs> I'm stuck because that's a lot. I'm inclined to tell, is it a guy? Well, it's a girl. My love, thank you for liking the show. I appreciate you. Like, oh, there's so many things, because if you're really young, you might not feel you have the place to ask big people their business, but the big business has come your way, so you might need to have a conversation. But if it's stepmom, loyalty's to dad, to be honest, mm. unless stepmom's been that phenomenal replacement mom. I don't know what relationship with your mom, and well, it shouldn't even really matter, but then if your stepmom's really been fantastic, then you might feel some sort of loyalty to her. I might just have to tell my dad, to be honest. It's got to come out some way and better now and let decisions be made about the forthcoming child and all that type of stuff. I might try and speak to my stepmom first and find out and do like, if you don't tell him, I will. I don't know. And <laughs> it's all a bit, it all gets a bit much. Just go straight to the source. He's your dad at the end of the day. Unless you hate your dad. That's another whole nother tangent. As much as you can think that the text message is telling and there's a definite affair i still feel to get clarification from the stepmom or to just show a level of i've seen something that's inappropriate and what's going on with you if you have that type of a relationship if you really look up to her and you respect her i think it it could be a good conversation to have just even if you're just showing like i know 
And I could tell my dad, you never know how the person will move and pivot from there. And then off the back of that conversation, if she's just like, oh, it's just a passing thing, me and your dad are going through these things and, you know, it's just a bit of flirting, like you don't, you don't know what the context is. It may not be a full-on affair to blow up your family and a new life coming into the world as well. Uh, I don't know. Sorry, though. Yeah, go on. What if the baby's not dad's because of this affair? But maybe you'd be able to gauge that if it really is a sexual affair. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But I think personally, I may, <laughs> I may just keep my nose out of it. I feel like this is too loaded. Like a pregnancy, your dad. It's a lot. Like, can you handle the effects? of this secret coming out i think that's really real like actually when you're the messenger it's not always welcomed that you have found out this information from your dad as well like it actually not be welcomed that this has come along and i think when you're going to share a, a darkness and you're going to bring it to light you have to be really aware that this may not be welcomed news to the person that i impart it on and sometimes in certain situations, especially where there's a pregnancy, I would be more inclined to sit on it than to share it at this moment. But I may speak to the person to, to, so that they know I know, and maybe the chips will fall from there. I don't know if I would go directly to my dad. So I'm thinking, I think she should talk to the stepmother and say like, yeah, I know, and give her like, time to say something, and hopefully she does. If the stepmother was like, nah, then <laughs> I would be like, how much, man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> how much to keep me silent? <laughs> In that mailing is not a good look, Auntie Shade. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. <laughs> but, yeah, I think she has to, she definitely has to talk to the stepmother and get her to be honest about what the situation is because really and truly by that stepmother being in her life and doing that she's kind of she's violated she hasn't just violated the dad she's violated the daughter as well yeah do you know what i mean and that's that the daughter didn't ask for that you know so at the same time if you don't say anything or if it's not raised and then your dad finds out that you knew and you didn't yeah. you didn't try to remedy the situation or you didn't tell him or you didn't come to him he might see that as a disloyalty uh, yeah I don't feel comfortable not telling dad at all and staying out of it because I, it would it'd be sitting on my chest man and like I said unless I really couldn't stand my dad and be like ha, you cheated on mum this is what you get karma like, <laughs> is a bitch motherfucker um I, I mean shit's got to blow up anyway so I feel like going to dad it just cuts out everything it might in the email it's, it's clear mm that they're having an affair. So unless the wording is, yeah, hey, baby, I love the way <laughs> I diddled my diddle last night and I can't wait for you to diddle my diddle again tomorrow. And this, this affair that we've been having has been going so strong. You know, <laughs> if it's been as literal or so explicit that you can't, there's no other words in it, go to dad, man. It's just let, it, let the chips fall. If it's a misunderstanding, you know, best, unless your dad is one of them, like, like the worst girlfriend that you've got at school, like, turns it on you and then decides not to speak to you 
there's that, if your dad's got that kind of temperament. Otherwise, he'd actually appreciate you trying to make an effort. I, I think, I, God, you know, it's humans. Maybe create a scenario where he finds out. So oh, like, Lord. oh, you can play innocent. Like, do you know what I mean? You could be like, oh, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> and then just back out of the room. <laughs> you know what? You know what? That's actually not, that's actually quite a good suggestion. So you're not explicitly saying, I saw this on da-da-da stepmom's phone, but maybe you just hint to, I've seen something that I think is slightly inappropriate. I think you should check her phone. So you're giving a slight heads up and then leaving the ball in his court. You better screenshot it, save it, because what <laughs> she, she might be like, oh, mistake, and left it, you know? It could have been one of those universal moments, like you're supposed to see it and you're supposed to take action. The ancestors are giving you the tools. It's a lot of responsibility, but I, yeah. I, based on the relationship you have with your father, I think I'd go straight to source, especially if it's explicit that it's obviously an affair, and just hope she's not like Cinderella's stuck mum. Right. Yeah. Wow. Cinderella's a real person. <laughs> <laughs> it's quieter without Farah's, what the fuck? Easy. Yeah. <laughs> Or you listening, because I'm not going to act like she wasn't, you know, like the new um, Aunt Viv. Auntie Farah's had to go to a business meeting. Her big boss has called, so she's gone for a sec. We don't know if she'll make it back to the end of the show. We shall see. We will try and throw in her what the fucks. So my dilemma came in. Dear aunties, love the show. Thank you for being around. Sorry, sorry. My boss just decided to call me. And Auntie Farah's back. So I'm going to repeat my dilemma. Okay. Anyway, so, dear aunties, love the show. Thank you for being around. I need your help. I'm black, and my friendship group at uni is a mixed bunch. One of my friends is Bulgarian, and she's really down woke and is all up about black culture. She's all good. We've never had any issues with her before. We are aware that her Bulgarian father is racist and had a problem with her Iraqi boyfriend. The problem I'm having now is that since lockdown, she's been in Bulgaria with her family. And my black friend and I feel really hurt that she hasn't checked in with us. And the only time she does check in is to talk about uni work and stuff that's going on in her life. She hasn't yet expressed concern for us. She hasn't yet offered any words of support in this time. And usually when she's in the UK with us, she's quite conscious and vocal about these things with us. I'm feeling a bit hurt. And I actually don't want to engage with her anymore, but also feel that it might cause a bit of a scene. And I don't think I have the words to explain why I'm feeling so hurt. She's not one of my best friends, but so aunties, please help because I'm feeling a little bit lost with what to do with my friend. Maybe don't take it so personally at the moment until you've actually had a conversation, right? Because number one, you're assuming that she knows, assuming that she knows to the full extent of how people are feeling and what the sentiment is in the country. If she's not here, it might just be a news story, but you don't, you're not necessarily getting the full force of things. So she might just be unaware or unaware fully of how it's affecting all of you. Also as well, she might just be the same as you. If you feel awkward about having a conversation, she might feel awkward about having a conversation too. Especially if your friends, you know, usually there's a lot of similarities in, in friendship groups and all that kind of stuff. If you feel very strongly about it, I think maybe talk to her when, you know, there's less heightened emotion and just have a conversation maybe explain to her how you're feeling and then see what her response is from that you'll be able to gauge whether she's interested in that part of your life or not if she is your friend you should be able to have that conversation with her there's nothing wrong with having that conversation with her don't just be like 
I don't want to engage with her now because she hasn't brought something up. Like Auntie M. Shade said, she just might not be aware of what's happening. It might not be in her news over there. She might not be on the internet looking at all of that kind of stuff. So just have a conversation with her. If she's a friend of yours, there's no point um, ruining your friendship before you've had an open conversation. She might surprise you. I'm really wondering, I know there's this response going around, like, you know, checking on your black friends, but it doesn't sit well with me, this, oh, they're there, how are you doing? Like, I don't know, I, I, I'm, I'm feeling like there's nothing wrong with her response. If you guys haven't had a collective group chat talking about racism, I don't feel that she needs to be checking in on you to really be like how are you other than a usual how are you I'm not really agreeing that she has any own, she has any responsibilities to really be checking in on her black friends at this moment I don't feel that's the thing really other than oh we want a pity party as black people were over pity it's not about pity it's about do something to change this and you can have a conversation with her about that but I don't think it's lock off a friendship time just because she hasn't come in pitying you. Actually, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe she is thinking like, this isn't it. That That's not what allyship is about. Um, that's a very, very fair point. I think because I've had lots of emails and the opening is like, are you okay in this time? Obviously, like it's that kind of presumption, like you're obviously not good. And, you know, with you in solidarity. However, so in, uh, back to this email subject that we're going to talk about. <laughs> uh, um, and I don't want to rubbish it because some people are, I can understand that it's awkward for some people. I definitely think maybe she, she could be feeling awkward and not knowing how to bring it up in this way. She might be oblivious or she might literally not care. It's, it's, it is, a, you don't know. Because, and again, it's like sometimes, especially when I think obviously this person, she's in uni, so she's young. Your friends are, uh, I mean, the friends are always important, but in uni, in those young ages, it's so much heightened. And there's so much dependency on your friends to be right and there for you. And I think there is a kind of this social media pressure that white people have to be checking in and are they doing the right thing? And actually, the white people feel pressure. And then the black people with white friends are like, well, now they're going for a checklist of, oh, should my friend be doing this? If they haven't, is that a good friend or a not friend? Are they racist? You know, there's all these things that we're trying to navigate on what to do. So why we have the cruisers doing, Terry cruisers doing stupidness and we have white folks trying to, say really wrong black, black lives matter um messages if you're feeling hurt the, the root of all good friendship is be able to communicate so talk to her and just say look i'm feeling funny do you know what's going on do you have any thoughts maybe that's the way to start and then maybe she can say oh didn't know didn't realize and then you can leave it at that and manage your expectations because we do put too much dependency on other people to make us feel better and we have to kind of separate ourselves from that as well especially in this time because people are dealing with their own shit dear aunties Loving the show. Hope you can help me. I am fortunate enough to have not been furloughed during this time, but I have been in inverted commas working from home. I am now struggling because my company are saying that I need to return to the office at least three days a week. I don't want to. I'm seriously considering telling them that I have symptoms so that I can stay at home. Help. Love from Angel. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I can understand why you wouldn't want to go back in. But three days a week seems kind of fair to me. Maybe negotiate to two days a week and try and do it at the, you know, Monday and Friday. So it doesn't, it, you've got like a long span in the middle. But I wouldn't personally go down the route of I have symptoms. Because even still, you have symptoms. 
that's only going to buy you a couple of weeks of quarantine. So eventually you are going to have to face this or maybe your overall reluctancy to go back into your workplace is like the universe showing you that this isn't what you want to be doing. And maybe if you are going to say you have symptoms, really use this time wisely to either research going into another company or starting your own business. If you're really feeling out of sorts, follow that feeling to really shift something into a change. But saying you have symptoms is really temporary. Okay, I'm going to disagree slightly. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think, although I'm not saying that you should do this, but if I was in your position and I felt in my spirit that it wasn't a good idea for me to go to work and I needed to find a way to get out of it, what I would do is maybe you know go down that route and say that I have symptoms but then also give myself extra time so maybe other people in my household have symptoms too oh my lord so say if there's three people in my household then that bumps up to six weeks (laughs) and then by that time a couple of other people could have gone to work and like checked out the area checked how it is and then the system because the thing is I wouldn't want to be a guinea pig I wouldn't like to be one of the first back I need to see that the system is working. Everything has been put in place to protect myself. That's what I would do personally. I'm not saying that you should do that scenario. Maybe rather than saying you have symptoms of COVID, you can actually talk to your doctor and tell your doctor that you are suffering from anxiety. Because it does sound like that's what the problem is. You are very anxious about going back to work because you don't know how it's going to be. I'm assuming that anyway. I hope it's not just that you're happy getting paid sitting at home watching Netflix so let's let's say that assuming you are really really anxious you can go to your doctor and your doctor can sign you off and you can be signed off for a certain amount of time and still get paid and your job can't do nothing about it because you've been signed off so maybe do that rather than just saying you've got COVID because then that could just cause all sorts of other problems how (laughs) (laughs) definitely work they could be like they want to test you and yeah you have to get the vaccines and all that kind of stuff we just don't know what could happen as opposed to saying i have an actual anxiety yeah but isn't that lying it's all lies really (laughs) it's like she's anxious though (laughs) any way around it is a bit of a lie you just don't want to go back into the office but yeah you could put that down to anxiety have we established that it's actually anxiety that she doesn't want to go back? Because you guys took it on a, on a route where she's actually scared to go in the office. I kind of got the vibe that she's been enjoying this chilled out time. That's how I got it. Actually well, it, it, she doesn't want to get back out of um, bed, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but she's working, though. Sorry to cut you, but she's working. No, she's I'm doing not, the job. I'm not disputing. Listen, I understand. Yeah. Even the fact that I work from home. The fact that the world, my industry is getting back to business. I'm annoyed because I'm, like, I'm not ready. I haven't caught up yet. So I actually want to, all the emails, can you stop sending me emails and asking me to do interviews and stuff? Because I'm not ready. So I'm annoyed as well. And I work from home. I don't have to go anywhere at this point. Um, but I'm annoyed. So I get where she's coming from. I, d- I didn't get the vibe that she's actually anxious because on that, I would play up 100 anxiety, stress, mental capacity. And at this point, workplaces are in such a vulnerable position where they have to I don't even know, I don't know what the laws are about enforcing people to go to work, but then I'm sure the way that this space has gone to, if they haven't got the adequate mental well-being and help for their, for their employees in place, 
they're open to being sued possibly. I don't know, you need to look into it. So there's, there's liability there if you are forcing your employees to come back to work and they don't feel comfortable. So if that be the case and that's her issue, I'd be paying up every anxiety. I'd be calling my DP. I don't feel good. Get those, as you said, a sick note signed off, all that type of stuff. I'd be paying it up that way. If it's just the fact that you don't want to go in, part of it is like, you've got to suck it up. If you want to pay your bills, you want to keep your job. Or as Antonia says, if, you've got, if you're looking to move elsewhere, you want to, maybe this is time to kind of look at other jobs, other roles and what you want to do. And I definitely don't advise acting. <laughs> which is a long, 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 it's a long con, isn't it? And it's going to take, one day you're going to slip up. And that's always the way. When you lie, it always comes to you. You just don't want to be in that position where I don't know. I don't know how you can get caught when you're just at home. But obviously you can be like, yes, I'm off work. Something, you might do a post like yeah and or something and your boss is like aha gotcha so let's just not leave yourself open to be fired at the very least yeah it's risky so <laughs> i'm not saying that you should do that also if my team are listening you also should not do that okay? <laughs> snap. <laughs> snappity snap 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 because i see y'all i see you know y'all I, mean? I sent an email today and i'm not even scared to tell to stay on here i had to tell them a lot uh can you not be offline please thanks <laughs> <laughs> don't send don't send emails from your um work phone because i can tell the difference thanks <laughs> that was auntie's no best if you have a dilemma please send them to dilemmas dot your aunties could never at gmail.com hey i'm auntie farah and you're listening to your aunties could never and now we're about to take you guys back with black in the day my black in the day is i know last time i did first kiss this time it's going to be first sex. Do you remember it? And did it live up to your expectations? If not, why? <laughs> and if you could do it over again, would it be with the same person? Or if you could do it over again, what would you have them or yourself do differently to make it a better experience? All right, I'll go first. So it did not live up to my expectations. I would not do it again with that same person. The first time was just so ridiculous. I, I think I was really just ready to lose my virginity. So it wasn't like a, a boyfriend. It was just somebody I was seeing. And I think I met him at a club. So it's probably like the third link up type thing. And we went to, maybe it was like a hostel. I just remember the place was a bit grimy. And the mattress was on quite a low bed. So it was just very seedy but he was actually very good looking. That was like the only perk of it was that he was good looking, but I would definitely not do it again with him. And it was only one time as well. The, a better experience. Uh, I would just love one of those Hollywood experiences, you know, like where you was going out with the guy, you may have been dating for like about a year and then it was like prom night and you had a suite book somewhere and, and a car drove you there and you was in your prom gown and all of that stuff. That's what I would have liked oh. to have happened. But it wasn't that. I was actually, as a guy in college, I was super insecure. My whole teenagehood, definitely super insecure. So I never really understood when guys liked me. But this guy liked me. And I didn't have the tools in place to put into effect my feminine wiles. I didn't know I had them. <laughs> so I think he asked me out. I said yes. That was it, to be honest. And um, just used to go round to his and kiss all the time. And we just used to kiss. Like I don't even know if we actually spoke. 
I don't know if I, <laughs> like, you can move out to mine. I might, I don't even, I can't remember conversations, even in college. I think, I don't even know how we managed to start going out. I can't remember how he asked me out. I just, I think in college, it's always like, stare, stare. You're staring at me. I'm staring at you. Have an awkward conversation. Do you want to go out with me? Okay, yeah. It was like that. I was about, I was 17. So then, yeah, went to his, used to just go to his after college. He lived near the college. And I think from him opening the door, hi, you're right. Go upstairs to his room. You're okay. Kissing. And that was it. And I think it got to the point where all we did was kiss. So it was inevitable that, okay, let's just do it. And I had friends around me who had all done it. And obviously it's that typical thing where they were like, oh my God, he made me come a thousand times. Oh my God. <laughs> and like, oh my God. So I never, it wasn't peer pressure. I didn't feel pressure to have, have sex. It wasn't like that, but it was more like, oh my God, it's going to be amazing because you're going to have your orgasm the minute it goes inside you. And then you're just going to be like, oh, oh. <laughs> um, um, and obviously it so was not that. I can't, I think it wasn't horrible, but it just wasn't nothing. And I think on the back of that, I then ended it with him and we never went out each other, went out again. And that was it. So what I would have done differently would have been more conversation at the very least. Actually chat to him. Actually chat, actually chat to him. <laughs> and excuse me, I actually wish I didn't um, break up with him. I wish we, I had stayed with him and explored sex because he was a nice guy, but I was so caught up in it not being the experience. I just thought, I, don't, I, I really wish, I can't remember what my mind was set was back then, but I just, I was so caught up in the experience supposed to, supposed to be a certain way. And when it wasn't, I was like, well, what the hell am I doing? And realized I'm not getting anything out of it. And so just ended it with him. And the experience I want is just literally, for those of you who've seen The Wood, that, again, Hollywood experience. I think we've all seen Wood. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Don't study my teenage first time with your dirtiness. <laughs> Um, oh, the wood, the film, not the wood. <laughs> um, yeah, the wood is a brilliant coming of age film. I love it with Tay Diggs, Omar Epps, and so and so and so and so. But that scene when he's with his girl and they have it for the first time, and it's all awkward, like, oh, "Are you okay? Yes, I'm okay," and all that type of shit against a wonderful R and B track. That would be great. <laughs> um, so I wish I could do it like that. That's it. Ah. Oh. Um, okay, so my first time, <laughs> this is so awkward. Okay, so my first time was with a guy from college. He was my boyfriend. It was quite random how we started going out. I don't even know if he knows this story, but basically we were at one rave and he was like one of the college boys. And we was at a rave and me and my friend, we both danced with him. And then we were like, oh, which one of us should go for it with him? And we had the whole conversation and then we decided that it would be me. I don't even know if he knows this. Hi. Um, <laughs> but basically, the first time, I can't say it disappointed me because I didn't have any expectations. I remember I did go to his house and I was like, I'm not sleeping with this guy. And then I slept with him. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't like I had, it wasn't like, oh my God, the, the mountains crumbled and the seas roared. It wasn't like that. It was just like, okay, I've done this now. And I remember it was a case of, he was like, oh shit, now you're going to tell all your friends. And I was like, well, duh. And then he had to come to college. No, no, I told all my friends. And it was just like, well, duh, again. But um, I don't think I would change the experience. I think what I would change is the fact that because he was my first, we, I, I, I think I went out with him for about another 
three months or something until he cheated on me. But um, another story. But I think <laughs> I, I think what I would change is how I didn't fully embrace my sexual sexuality at that point. Because I feel like if I was to go back now with the knowledge that I have now, I'd blow his brain out, quite frankly. I feel like at age 17, I was very much, no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to yeah. turn this away. Let's just do this. It was like that. I didn't have any confidence in what I was doing and I was very scared. And I feel like that would probably be the only thing that I would change. But then maybe not because the experiences that I've had along the way have made me the person that I am now. So I, I didn't expect it to be like Dynasty. I didn't expect it to be like a film. It was what it was. And it was just like, okay, this is done now. Oh, look, I need a bath. It was like that. Come on, Auntie Shade. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, okay, well, just for the record, yeah, I'm saying this experience with science. That's the only reason why I'm saying it. <laughs> it's not something I would usually share, to be honest. Last time, yeah, we did talk about first kisses, right? Yeah. So my first ever time, technical time was with that guy like first kiss guy guy. yeah do you know what I mean but we weren't both boyfriend with girlfriends or anything like that and like I said he used to chat a lot of rubbish right so he said that he was older than me he really wasn't and I don't know how he convinced me but he did convince me that we didn't have sex when we did Uh the thing is okay right I was very young I was too young to be having sex basically so I I just believed him so it was it was outside his grandma's house (laughs) basically it didn't last very long that's why I was just like I believed Um, him oh no yeah yeah I I absolutely can yes yes I totally right. understand now how you can yes yeah and yeah, guys, so guys like, will do oh, that shit like no that wasn't yeah. it being the person that I was because I kind of knew it was gonna happen I kind of started trying to do research of course you from did. everything from like you know the anatomy books and that sort of thing and like I think I stayed up one night and watched nine and a half weeks oh wow and oh, <laughs> that's your research so, yeah but I was young. Girl. <laughs> I, I, I thought that's how I'm supposed to act. Like, do you know what I mean? So for him, I think he had a great time. Ah. <laughs> Seriously. So because I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to do this. I know what to do. Do you know what I mean? All this kind yeah. of stuff. But, um, but he then convinced me, okay, that wasn't it. So I was just like, okay. But then remember I told you before, like, you know, when we started hooking up in the first place, he wasn't infused with my kissing technique, you know what I mean? So I thought it was that kind of scenario. So I then went and found someone else. (laughs) 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 So I'd be good at it and then, and then, and show him what I learned, basically. Oh my word. Which I did do. And then I was, was very happy after that. Basically. He, was, he was like, God damn. <laughs> he was quite happy. But it was so weird because uh, by that time he'd moved out. He's too young though. But he was living on his own. So there was lots of, lots of, lots of sex after that. But yeah. Yeah. That's a good story actually. Yeah. For science. Um, <laughs> so what would you, would you change the experience if not? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Would I change it? Uh, yeah, because I was too young, man. I was way too young. I was too young. I, sh- I shouldn't have been there. I shouldn't be doing what I was doing. I just didn't have any... At that point in my life, I didn't have anyone to tell me, no, you shouldn't be doing these things. Do you know what I mean? So, like, 
yeah, I would definitely have liked to keep my innocence a little bit longer, to be honest. In terms of what it should have been like, I don't, I don't know, man. It would maybe it would be nice to like, you know, have like a proper boyfriend and like, you know, plan it out with them, all that kind of stuff. That would yeah. be nice, and you know, do all the romance and stuff as well. Because I think it was just more lusty mm. than romance, basically. Hey, I'm Auntie Shade. You're listening to your aunties could never. It's almost time to wrap up. Before we do aunties what's made you sad mad or glad so this week what i'm sad about is wretch Ritu's dad getting tasered and um just the treatment that his father 62 year old man suffered at the hands of the police in his home and again it just kind of really brought back this us being in the UK and there being lots of people that are kind of like, oh my God, it's really terrible what's going over there in America. And it's like, we have exactly the same shit over here just without the um, the guns, but they still use guns here, but they generally mm-hmm. get people through restraints, dubious methods of people dying in, in custody and um, yeah, and, and how they arrest people really. There's lots of evidence that for our small population in this country, the overwhelming amounts of police brutality cases are disgusting and almost parallel with America. So that has really made me sad, but hopefully they, they've messed with the wrong family and there will be some type of justice out of this. So that made me sad and mad, actually, both. Um, and what's made me glad is we are firmly in Gemini season. So it was my husband's 40th, my son's eighth birthday, my 20th anniversary, and on Friday, it will be my 40th birthday. <laughs> Lots of celebrating and plenty of alcohol has been consumed, but I've had a brilliant time just spending time with various members of our family and our friends. Lovely. Uh, what's made me sad? I don't know. It's just a bit of a sad time, I think, all round. What's made me mad? I don't mind it being whether that I can't go outside because we have to be inside, even though now lockdown's lifting, but I still still need to be inside. So I, but I don't like that it's cold and I have to put my heat in on. I'm considering it's June. I let's just let my gas bill and electricity stay low. I'd like to continue having low a low bill and I'm feeling like I've got to put my heat in on. So I'm mad about that. And what I'm really super glad about, the wonderful, beautiful woman, Janiqua Charles, the woman who had the wonderful song when she was detained by a, a security officer. Hey. That, that was hilarious. <laughs> you're gonna lose your job. You're gonna lose your job. You're gonna lose your job. job. And it's just a fantastic, fantastic ditty. And it's been turned, it's like people are calling it a black power anthem and a, a crowd mover and a crowd pleaser. She's made me so freaking glad. And um, there's a DJ called DJ Suede and um, DJ Suede and the remix God and I Marquise, who also remixed Cardi B's yeah. virus video. So these yeah. two DJs have created remixes. And what makes me glad, it's a twofold thing. So first of all, what makes me glad about this is that actually, in all seriousness, Janiqua had struggled with uh, addiction and she was homeless. And on the BuzzFeed reported that on the back of this video going viral, which she was completely clueless about, her sister saw it and her sister was like, okay, look, I use this to reach out to my sister and get her home because she's been out on the streets and they've got, they're looking after the, 
this on Janiqua's son. So she'd been reconnected with her family. There was a, apparently the GoFundMe that raised up to 30K because people was like, we just want to help this woman. And let's just hope that in, you know, she's been speaking out because I didn't know what was going on, but here we go. Hopefully this will help me get back to my family and reunited. And let's hope that the addiction goes and that 30K is used nicely and well that likes to support her and her son. So that made me super glad. And also on top of that, the fact that we as black folk in times of hardship and struggle, we know how to remix a thing and make joy. Um, Cause even the guy, who, the, the, the guard, sorry, this is a bit long one. The guard who shared it was like, he didn't show it to be funny. He actually was trying not to laugh yeah. <laughs> when he was holding her. So he was like, it was just more like he was enjoying it himself. So he didn't, I, hopefully he's telling the truth. He didn't show it to be malicious, even he didn't, even though he was detaining her, because she brought him joy. And the fact that we got a remix and the video that goes with it, it's all these clips that make so much perfect sense with the clip. It's just fantastic. Mm. So I'm just really glad that in this madness, we are super resilient and she hasn't been mocked. I'm glad she hasn't been mocked either. I mean, probably someone has mocked her, but in overall, everyone's just like got behind her. People are protesting and actually there's a clip of a bunch of protesters are protesting in New York, I think, outside of New York Police Department. And they're like, you're going to lose your job. And it's just <laughs> amazing. So it's just maybe that. My third is, and I'm probably going to pronounce this incorrectly, but um, Shakiri Abdi, the 12-year-old girl yes. that was killed a year ago. And she still hasn't got justice. I'm very sad about that at the moment. Um, and mad, actually. I'm mad that people, racist people, started a petition against Anthony Joshua some madness I'm a bit mad about that because he'd done a speech and they was like uh you know he's telling people not to spend money with white companies or some bullshit um so I'm mad about that because Anthony Joshua are you all right like seriously <laughs> they want they're trying to petition him to come off the sports person of the year list um and then I'm glad that as I was saying before just that people embrace black businesses, man. Like, just that I'm sure, um, Auntie Nana, you've probably seen this as well. We're doing all right at the moment, and people are really embracing us. You know what I mean? Our following square in, and people are, are really have time for us at the moment, which is it's just such a beautiful thing. Not just yeah. for me, but for all black businesses at the moment. It's just such a nice thing, really, truly, that as uh, Auntie AK was saying, like, in such a difficult time that people actually coming together and supporting one another. So yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So I'm mad about Pretty or Pretty Patel, Pretty Patel. I'm mad about her and her nonsense. I am actually glad that these people, these racist people are losing their shit so much about what's happening and they're just showing their fucking asses. I'm really actually glad about it because right now they look dumber than a fucking box of nails or some shit like that they just look so <laughs> they look so dumb right now i'm just actually really glad for it and what's amazing is that it's not just the black community coming out and saying like racism's dumb it's like their own community coming out i've seen so many pictures so many posts so many videos of um like white people of all ages protesting with us and then you've got these white, these racists coming out and saying, you're being conned. Don't you know George Floyd? He's still alive. It was his twin that died. All this kind of nonsense. So it's just like they are so showing how ignorant and dumb they are. They just look so stupid. So that's kind of made me glad that people can see how stupid these people look. I'm also glad about the fact that everyone is coming together 
and everyone is getting all this information and I hope long may it last. You know, there's a lot of information out there about black businesses trying to get our history taught in the, in schools and stuff like that, because I think that, as someone said, if you ask me about Henry VIII and his wives, I can name them all and tell you which order they died and how they died and why they died and why there's the Church of England and this, that and the other. And there's a lot of things that I can't say about our own history. And it's through reading and educating ourselves that we are learning. So I feel like a way to get rid of racism is to teach people more about what's happened. So that's kind of made me glad that all this new information is out there. I don't really have a sad other than sad times that we're still in this day and age have to talk about this shit and that's it do hit us up on instagram and let us know what's made you sad mad and glad wait before we go my unpopular opinion is you kind of have to know me but i'm kind of into like marvel and like dc i love rick and morty so i'm kind of in that sci-fi ish space but i cannot stand star wars or star trek not a fan, never been a fan, don't like them, said it. I think you're wrong, but I can't, I mean... Yeah, because like, you're into that shit, but I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> I think Star Trek, there's certain, of the Star Trek series, there's certain ones that I'm really into, and some of them, it might be an unpopular opinion, because I really like Star Trek Voyager, and people have come for that one. What? I really what? like Star Trek Voyager. I shouldn't even mention it. I'm yeah, sorry, Babylon 5, I don't like freaking Stargate. Babylon 5, nonsense. All that kind of Stargate nonsense. Star Wars, I'm alright. Star Wars, watched it as a youth. If you want to follow the aunties, here's how you can. You can follow me, Auntie AK, on all social media platforms at The British Blacklist. You can follow me, Auntie Nana, on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest and Twitter at Love Yaya. You can follow me, Auntie Shade, at Shade Salami on all platforms. And you can follow me, Auntie Farah, on Instagram at FarOutProductions77. And that's our show. You've been listening to Your Aunties Could Never podcast, hosted by The British Blacklist. Please listen to us via Apple Podcasts, Spotify and other listening platforms. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as Your Aunties Could Never. Please don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. See you later.